wait is over. Is over. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Binge Buster Show. We have got an exciting show lined up for you guys tonight. As we today is the last day of September, and as you all know, uh, back in the nineties, the biggest, the big event in September was always WCW's Fall Brawl. And today, uh, myself, my co-host Chris Plano, and Jeff Patton is joining us, uh, and we're all three going to be talking Fall Brawl War Games. Uh, Fall Brawl went from 1993 to 1998 under World Championship Wrestling, and we are going to talk about some of the highs and, of course, some of the lows of um, of this great pay-per-view. And uh, so right now, without any further ado, I want to bring on my two co-hosts. I'm talking about Chris Plano and Jeff Patton. Guys, what is going on? Tony, great to be here, man. Thank you for having me back again. Gosh, I, I know I've been uh, absent the last couple of weeks. Things have gotten crazy, but uh, looking forward to tonight's program and, and talking a, about a pay-per-view that was always kind of near and dear to me, you know, war games and everything else and, and, and just everything that was going on in pro wrestling during that time and some great pay-per-views. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as a matter of fact, one the, the Fall Brawl '95 was the very first uh, pay per view that I went to with 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 my good friend Jeff. Jeff, you remember that? Vaguely. <laughs> uh, I mean, out of all the, I, to be honest, with you, I mean, out of all the wrestling shows I've been to in person, that's probably the one that I remember the least, and it was, you know, one of the most recent, but. Uh, yeah, for some reason, I, I, I remember the war games, but as far as everything else, I can't remember very much of it. And all I know in the war games was Hogan was in it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That year, they had a double main event. Um, it, it took place September 17th, 1995, at the Asheville Civic Center. Um, of course, the main event was war games, Hogan. Randy Savage, Lex Luger, and Sting versus the Dungeon of Doom, Kamala, Zodiac, Shark, and Ming. Uh, but the, the the match that I think everybody went to see was definitely the match that you thought you'd never see, and that was Nature Boy Ric Flair versus Arn Anderson. Yeah, I remember that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> what I, Tony, if I might say about this fall brawl, I have to think, you know, being there live, you got Hogan, Savage, Luger, and Sting in the ring. And then the Dungeon of Doom was Kamala, Zodiac, who was Brutus the Barber Beefcake, uh, Shark, who was Earthquake, and Ming. Like, it was kind of like all of Hogan's kind of <laughs> Florida buddies, you know, yeah, in, the, yeah. in this match. <laughs> it's kind of, it probably was the easiest match for them to work, but had a, twisted angle at the very end i think that caught a lot of people off off guard as well with with the giant yeah yeah the giant came in ripped the door off the cage and then uh yeah. attacked hogan of course what they were doing they were setting up uh for the next pay-per-view um halloween havoc uh but uh but let, you know before we really get into this pay-per-view i like to um to uh, to let, let the fans at home know that 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 may not know 
Um, this week's uh, classic flag. Oh, excuse me. I hit the wrong button. Yeah, get, technical difficulties are happening here at the Binge Buster Show, fans. It, it ain't always perfect, unfortunately. But um, but Fall Brawl was was a annual um, pay per view uh, produced by World Championship Wrestling uh, and was held in September from 1993 through 2000. Uh, the name was actually derived from the fa- from the fall edition of Clash of the Champions called Fall Brawl that took place in 1988, 89, 90, and 91. Um, and during that time, World Championship Wrestling had just purchased Jim Crockett Promotions, um, so they were tr- definitely trying something new. Uh, you know, having having the Fall Brawl, or, I'm sorry, the uh, Clash of Champions, the free quote kind of type pay per view every every month. Um, but uh, but here, uh, you know, there 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 never was a fall brawl event held in 1992. So in '93, um, now we've we've got um, we've got uh, some of the uh, Eric Eric Bischoff is starting to take over. Uh, he's got to you know turn a profit to WCW, and I and I have to uh, a good thought in my mind that fall brawl was definitely one of those pay per views that actually helped create some revenue. Um, the very first fall brawl was held um, September 19, 1993 um, in Houston, Texas at the Astro Arena. Uh, with that one, the main event was um, War Games, and it was uh, the Superpowers. It was uh, You guys are going to love this one. Uh, Sting, Davey Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the Shockmaster versus Sid Vicious, Van Vader, and Harlem Heat. And as you, as you all remember so well, or probably wish you didn't remember, um, Right before this pay review is when Sting and Davy Boy Smith introduced the Shockmaster, <laughs> and he had that crazy interest where he falls, uh, you know, in there. And matter of fact, uh, it wasn't supposed to happen. And uh, when he falls, you hear Davy Boy Smith say, "Oh my God, he fell in his eyes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was. Um the old wrestler from the WWE or WWF at the time, Tugboat. Tugboat, yeah. Like or uh, uh, Typhoon was, was, was his other Typhoon, gimmick. Yeah. Was his Typhoon, other gimmick yeah. there. Um, but a pretty decent pay-per-view. I'm like you guys. I don't remember a whole lot of matches from that one. Um, then going into 1994, uh, now Fall Brawl is starting to get you know closer closer to us. Um, this one took place that September 18th, 1994. Uh, in Roanoke, Virginia, at the Roanoke Civic Center. Uh, this one, uh, I would have loved to saw this one. Uh, Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes and the Nasty Boys uh, taking on the Stud Stable with Terry Funk, Arn Anderson, Bunkhouse Buck, and Colonel Robert Parker. And, of course, um, it, it, some of you fans out there, if you get a chance to go back and listen to some of our archives, go back and listen to the um, to the show I, when, when I had Colonel Robert Parker on. And he tells a really funny story. Uh, about this uh, about this pay per view, he was wearing white pants. He got dirty out on the floor, and one of the fans actually thought he pooped his pants, and so he started trying to rib um, uh, Ming because he said Ming was, was was so into his character he would never laugh. And he said after the match was over, Ming gets in the ring and is checking on him, and he says to to Robert Parker, "Boss, are you okay?" And, and he says. No, Ming, I shit my pants. And he said Ming still wouldn't laugh. <laughs> he tried his best to get him to laugh, and he just wouldn't laugh. Yeah. Um, 
but uh but but now uh now it, it now it takes us to uh fall brawl 95 as we as we spoke about uh earlier in the show um this one was held in uh, Asheville North Carolina with attendance of 6600 people um and three of those were me and Jeff and Chris um uh, we were there at this at this show um some some pretty decent matches um uh and we also saw the debut of Eddie Guerrero um on this pay-per-view um one of the matches I remember seemed like it was never going to end was the match between Johnny B. Bad and Flying Brian. This match was the longest match on the card. It went 29 minutes, 14 seconds. Uh, what do you guys uh, remember most about this match? Uh, was it the opener in the match? No, was it the opener in the match it, it, or no? Were there no, several dark matches? No, yeah, we had some dark matches, but that one was actually the uh, opening match on the pay-per-view. Right. If I and I know, and I my memory is the best. We're going back twenty-five years ago, but for an opening match, it was a very long opening match to try to get everyone uh, uh, settled in into a pay-per-view. But I, I do remember that part. It was like this is a long match. I don't know where this is going, <laughs> but it's, uh, but it, it was a definitely a long opener, which is really doesn't happen in, in pay-per-views or just even in house shows for that matter for a match to go 30 minutes which is the technically the opening match of the show but i do remember it was a long match yeah very long um also on this on this card it had probably one of the shortest matches in the history of, of <laughs> pro wrestling as sergeant craig pitbull Pittman took on cobra uh and he beats him in one minute 22 seconds uh, with his submission, I, I think at this time they were they were trying to really push and try to get uh, Craig Pip, uh, Pitbull Pittman over, but I, I just don't think it worked. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, did he not come from the Raptors? Yeah, he sure did. He came yeah. in. For, yeah, he came in from the Raptors just just like he was, uh, you know, coming off of a, of a of a helicopter. Yeah, that that was really cool. Um, but besides that, I mean. I didn't think he was, I didn't really like the gimmick. I didn't like the, I don't know, just didn't like the the way the guy wrestled. I mean, it just wasn't, it uh, seemed like his matches were never very long. Yeah, right, um, yeah. So, yeah, I just wasn't a big fan of his. Um, so um, that's all I remember of Craig Pittman. And, of course, that was <clears throat> that was really cool of him coming from the rafters. Yeah, that that was definitely the uh, I think the best part of the match. Uh, the next match was was really good, but I was really mad because I didn't get to see this match because the girl I was dating at the time wanted friggin' drinks and popcorn, so I missed this match. But for the WCW Television Title, Diamond Dallas Page with the Diamond Doll and Max Muscle uh, taking on the Television Champion of the Wannabe Ultimate Warrior Renegade. Uh, and of course, Diamond Dallas Page wins the television title here. Uh, this match goes eight minutes seven seconds. What do you guys re- remember about this match? Since I, and that you could share with me, since I didn't get to see it. The, the one thing is, I don't believe the Renegade at this time. He was the WCW TV champion, and I don't. Yeah, he. Yeah, he actually. I think. Um, I think he won the title from Paul Orndorff. <laughs> just a few months earlier. Right. I mean, no, I I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, he won it from Arn Anderson. 
I was about ready to say he did defeat Arn Anderson. Yeah, he yeah. sure did. That's right. Yeah. But in Arn's podcast, he's not. He always talks about that's one of his biggest losses in his career that never should have happened. But yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, the, the Renegade definitely was an Ultimate Warrior <laughs> ripoff. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was a it was the first title match on the show. I mean, obviously they had the TV title first, followed by the tag team, which we'll talk about next, into the main events, but. Um, I don't know, but, but a, a young Diamond Dallas page there going over eight minute match. I mean, but I, I don't. I recall the match vaguely. I didn't even realize the Renegade was even the champion at yeah. that time. It was. <laughs> we know at, at at this time. I don't know how much it was even being really pushed. Overall. Yeah, at this time, Diamond Dallas Page uh, had just came out with the Diamond Cutter, and that was like I, I, at that point in time, I knew that that this mat that that move was was going to be as big or as popular as the uh, DDT was from Jake Roberts and as you go and now as you go look and see on television a lot of guys have been using a variation of the diamond cutter i mean even stone cold steve austin's um stone cold stunner is a is a version of um the diamond mm-hmm. cutter but uh, but man at this point in time i knew uh, Diamond Dallas Page was was going to be a big star. I just didn't know how big, um, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to see this match because I was like I wanted to watch Diamond Dallas Page because at the time he was starting to be like one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, the next match was for the WCW Tag Team Titles. Um, Harlem Heat uh, with Sister Sherry uh, they defeated Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater, and this this match was was really cool because on this match. Uh, Colonel Parker finally gets his woman. He um, he's kissing Sister Sherry, and while that's going on, um, the Nasty Boys come down. They they hit uh, Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater with boots, and Harlem Heat goes over for the titles. But uh, I, I you know at the end of it, uh, you know after the match is over, they uh, Park, uh, Colonel Parker and them come out and cut a promo, and um, it, it was it was really entertaining. Uh, but then that took us to uh, the match that I think everybody in the Carolinas came to see, and that was Arn Anderson against Ric Flair. Um, the 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 original Horsemen, two guys that were always in the Horsemen, uh, they never left. Um, best friends, and now they're going to go in the ring and have a 22-minute, 37-second match. And the match was really good. You didn't know who was heel, who was babyface, but there at the end when Flying Brian gets up on the apron, kicks Flair in the head, and Arn gets the DDT and wins, uh, the place was deafening. I mean, it was quiet. You, you could have heard a pin drop because nobody was expecting that to happen. Um, <clears throat> very quickly, yeah, I want to uh, listen to Arn Anderson's podcast, and he talked about this match uh, on one of his uh, – podcast and he um he mentioned he said that he actually vomited before he went out yeah he was so nervous he said he's never been nervous going to the ring before but he was nervous about wrestling rick flair his best friend yeah because i what i loved about that the most was the the, the way that they built that that program um it seemed so real i mean they were you know Arn's trying to get Flair to be Ric Flair, and um, and and at the end they end up having to falling out and have this match. But all along, it was a ploy to um, 
to to sucker sting into <laughs> a few with Ric Flair. Um, because I think at that time, I think Flair really didn't want to be in a program with Hogan because he knew, he, he, you know, he's gonna come up on the on the losing the end of that and not really make anything. And and with Hogan having you know full con, full creative control over his character and what he does, um, it was kind of a a no win situation for anybody there. And then of course we go into our main event, uh, Hogan. Savage, Luger, and Sting against the Dungeon of Doom with uh, the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Um, you know, earlier in the day, the Giant ran uh, there. He runs over Hulk Hogan's Harley Davidson with the monster truck, which built up for Halloween Havoc when they had the monster truck challenge. And we'll talk more about that next month, I'm sure, on the podcast. But I'm telling you, this this pay-per-view here, uh, it was it was decent. I don't think it was the best fall brawl I ever got to witness live. Um, but, but it was pretty decent. What do you guys think? Um, for me, I'm going to say it was really decent because my only live exposure to the NWA or WCW prior to this was in 1989 when they came to Connecticut, um, to New Haven, when the NWA came up there, which was gigantic going into Vince McMahon territory um, at that time. But this is my only second exposure to the, the promotion live. So for me, for me, it was great. And for me, it was kind of somewhat reminiscent because Hogan and Savage were on the show and Luger, they were kind of, you know, WWF guys. And, you know, from, you know, Kamala, and, you know, I knew, you know, Beefcake was on the show and, and so forth and so on. So for me, it was kind of a, it was good for me, and I, I thought it was a great program, you know. And again, for, it was my really first exposure to a Southern wrestling crowd at a live event as well. So it, it was, it was for me, it was great. Jeff, what, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, um, the only you know, Flair and Arn, the you know that we were able to see it live. That was uh, definitely a plus. And then, of course, uh, but I was like everybody else. We wanted to see a clean finish in the ring. And, of course, you know, we didn't get to see that. We were A lot of us were upset over that, I'm sure. But um, the fact that I could say, hey, I've seen a War Games live, that was um, pretty cool. Um, but besides that, I mean, overall, I you know, the show was, I mean, it didn't stand out as being exceptional. I would... You know, if I was to give it one, a one through ten, I'd probably give it a four or a five. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, speaking about the first time seeing a, a war games, um, when I saw this one, that was the first war games I had seen since 1988. Because uh, during the Great American Bash, um, they had one in, in Greensboro, and I went to that one, and uh, it was Dusty, Nikita. Uh, Dr. Des Steve Williams and Lex Luger against the full horsemen, um, there in Greensboro Coliseum. And that, that was the last time that, um, that I got to see a, uh, a fall brawl. I mean, I'm sorry, a war games until, until this, this, until this day. Now moving right along, um, for after this fall brawl makes its home, um, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, at the Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum and the fall brawl will, will stay there. Uh, for the next uh, five years, I mean, four years, 96, 97, 98, 99. So from 96 to 99, 
Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum had Fall Brawl locked in. Um, but and I and I went to a couple of them. My opinion, the best one was um the NWO Hogan, uh Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, uh, and of course they had everybody thinking they had Sting uh join the NWO and they took on Lex Luger, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Sting. That that fall brawl is probably my favorite uh of all. Uh although the um you know it it, it was good. Um and, and I think at that time the NWO was red hot. Um and, and on top of that here uh and and at this one is probably the uh it's the only time uh until uh ninety eight that Hogan um makes an appearance at the fall brawl because um you know he's making he's making thunder in paradise uh a couple other things he had going on so he 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 didn't come um you know to these but this one he did uh like i said the main event nwo hogan nash scott hall and of course the nwo thing and at this time it, it meant something too because by this at, at this early junction of the nwo um, they wasn't flooded with NWO members. It was it was it was a legit four team versus four team uh, with Luger, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, and Sting. Um, of course, at this time, this is this is when we have the turn uh, of of the real Sting uh, going in, you know, into his into his crow gimmick, which I think was a was definitely a, a great gimmick for him at the time. Um, now on this one, um, you know. Uh, like I said, it took place September 15th, 1996. I was at this show. I was actually on the fifth row ringside, so I had really good seats, center stage. Uh, so I had really great great seats for this one. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the matches were pretty spot on, too. Um, you had Diamond Dallas Page against Chavo Guerrero. Uh, they had a really great match. Um, the next match, uh, not so good. Ice Train with Teddy Long versus Scott Flash Norton in a submission match, and uh, you know even Scott Norton he 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 he, he had him on my podcast a couple uh, last year, and 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 he we talked to him about this match, and he he wasn't too fond of it as well. Um, then we had the high flying for the AAA heavyweight title, which by the way didn't come out with no belt. Um, Conan versus uh, Juventud Guerrero. And this time, uh, Conan was starting to do his Mexican um, gangster gimmick. Um, the next match is one of the matches I think a lot of people came to see. Chris Benoit against Chris Jericho. That match went 14 minutes, 36 seconds. Do you do you guys have any memory of this match? I, I don't personally, but I mean, <laughs> from, a, from a creative work standpoint in the ring, I'm I mean, it it could be a barn burner any night. Uh, oh yeah, week, it, I mean, yeah. so uh, <laughs> um, you know, interesting. It's somewhat early on the show, but it also had a lot after it as well. Um, but I mean, I, I'm sure if they, I'm sure it was in their entertaining 15 minutes. The main event, I definitely do remember, and totally can chime in on Flair's angle on this thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, getting to that one, um, or I'm sorry, right before we get to that one, I want to touch on uh, the next month, October um, of ninety of ninety six. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought there for a second, guys. Um, Slim Jim uh, was now going to become the sponsor of uh, WCW's f- f- um, Halloween Havoc, 
And, and of course, Randy Savage was a spokesman for uh, Slim Jim for tons of years. Um, so at this, at this juncture of this pay-per-view, Hogan's going to be out for a little bit. So now they're starting to build um, this main event for Halloween Havoc with Randy Savage and the Giant. So, uh, so with this one, uh, the Giant versus Randy Savage, this match goes 7 minutes, 47 seconds with the NWO coming out, jumping Savage, um, you know, and getting the, the win for the Giant. Um, you know, it's one of those matches. It was a gimmick match, I think. It was it was 7 minutes, and uh, Savage was on fire, but then he, he gets killed at the end. Uh, and then it takes us to the main event, uh, NWO versus uh, WCW with Lex Luger, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Sting with Miss Elizabeth. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on on that on this this fall brawl or this war games? I I mean for for me Tony Jeff I mean for me this was the angle here for Team WCW is they were trying to save WCW. I mean that really was the angle of of, of this with with Flair and Luger and Anderson and Sting. We're sending our best four into this match, into this War Games match, to save WCW from the NWO. I mean, the NWO was was on fire. I mean, at, at at this point, just from all different angles. I mean, that's the way I took this match. And if you look at interviews from Flair leading into this match, that was the the angle. I think from a psychological standpoint, they were taking. And I believe, you know, the the, the fans bought into it. I mean, if if they were to lose this match or th- something, you know. You know, the WCW would never be the same again, and and to an extent, it worked. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was uh, you know, they 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 had they had tons of of things going on there uh, during this, and uh, and of course that you know there at the end, um, the uh, you know just 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 when you thought the NWO was going to win, Sting comes out, the real Sting comes out, clears house, um but then walks out and leaves and leaves WCW behind because they didn't believe him. They didn't trust him. Um, and, uh, of course the NWO, uh, win. And, uh, actually I don't think they ever, uh, declared a winner on this one. It was just kind of a throw out. Uh, and the show goes off with the NWO just, you know, beating up everybody, then taking over, uh, the, 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 um, the announcer's table, um, and just, you know, desecrating, you know, the, the name WCW, um, this one, uh, is probably my favorite fall brawl of, of all. Cause it, like I said, the NWO was red hot. Um, the next year, um, we're, we're going to do another fall. We're going to do the same, almost have the same main event, except this time we're going to have the full horseman. The, the, uh, the, uh, full horseman is going to be taking on the NWO, but on this one, you're kind of getting the B version of the NWO. It's, it's kind of like you're, you're getting the independent, <laughs> the independent version. But, um, this, this, this team comprised of buff Bagwell, Kevin Nash. Now Conan has joined the NWO and I, I never did buy that. And, um, and now, uh, X-Pac is, has came to WCW and now he is six. Uh, and he's in the, uh, NWO, um, now the full horseman, uh, by this time, Arn Anderson has retired. So now we have Chris Benoit, Steve McMichael, uh, nature boy, Ric Flair, and the newest member of the horseman, the new, um, enforcer, Kurt Henning. Uh, now guys going into, into this pay-per-view, 
I was, I was sold that they, they, they worked me. They sold me. I said, okay, you know, they came out on into on nitro. They made fun of Arn Anderson. They called him a drunk. They, they, and, and now they got, they got Ric Flair fired up. There is no way. And they don't have Hogan. So there's no way the NWO is going over on this one. And of course, uh, I'm sitting there and, and they're, they're showing these interviews from the back. And I see the interview with, um, with, uh, uh, Kurt Henning or not an interview, but you know, they, they go by and you see the, you see the NWO laughing and then, uh, Gene Oakland opens up the door and goes, Oh my gosh, what's going on here? And there's a uh, Kurt Henning laying on the floor, holding his elbow. And, um, of course he ends up turning on the horseman there at the end. And, um, and, and so therefore, uh, another loss, uh, in horseman country, for the horsemen, which I think really, really hurt ticket sales uh, for fall brawl uh, in in years to come. What are you guys thinking? That sounds about like uh, an Eric Bischoff ran company. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all about pushing his buddies and not what's best for business. Um, and that was eventually the demise of uh, Eric Bischoff's tenure as. Uh, you know, running WCW, uh, just my opinion. Um, um, I thought it was um, ridiculous because, you know, Kurt Henning to me would have been a great horseman and should have been a horseman. And I thought that when they came out and uh, mocked Arn Anderson, I thought it was a disgrace to the wrestling business. Um, but that's Kevin Nash. You know, that's who he is. Is my opinion, Chris. What, think, what, what are I your thoughts? I, I mean, honestly, and you guys probably. Agree, I think at this point, and we're in '97, going into '98. Guys were just cashing checks. There were guys making so much money at this point; it didn't even matter. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. And 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 and, and, and Bischoff was going to do whatever it took. You know, he wanted to overtake the World Wrestling Federation at this time. The, the wars were heavy, whether it was Monday night, whatever, whatever pay-per-views, whatever you want to talk about. And, and, and guys were just making money hand over fish and, fist. And if you hung around Hogan, <laughs> you were making money and possibly being a semi-main or main event just by hanging around just because they were just trying a lot of different things. But, you know, so I, I mean, that's the way I look at this. But, I mean, when you look at, at – this war games versus the one the year before, it's like what, what's 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 going on here? We're just it's like we're moving chess pieces around, just trying to see what's what's going to work and not work. Yeah, um, and and if yeah. you're Flair, you're like, what the hell am I even doing in this match? I mean, this is just you know I, I I'm here I'm here because. <laughs> you know, well, I, you know, I am the main event, but it's kind of crazy in a way. Yeah, well, Flair was there, but if if you guys remember on this pay per view, um, after the NWO, um, after um, Kurt Henning turns on the Horseman, and they just do a beat down on the Horseman, um, and then they end up, um, you know, slamming Flair's head in the cage. Uh, of course, they they done that because Flair was taking some time off to have some plastic surgery right. done. Um, so, so I, I get, I, I get that, but you know, it, it, I think, I think, uh, for business, I think my opinion, if, if they had just let the horseman win one, you know, one year here, and this right here would, would have been the, the great year to do that. 
Um, since Hogan's not there, and like I said, you you you, you know not not take away from nothing from these guys, but 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 the year before you had the main players of the NWO, you had Hogan, Hall, Nash. The next year, you, uh, Hall's not even in the match. He's he's working a program with Diamond Dallas Page or, or Larry Zabisco. Um, so now you got Buff Bagwell, Kevin Nash, Six, and Conan uh, against you know uh, Chris Benoit, Steve McMichael, Ric Flair, and Kurt Henning. Um, I just feel like th- this one definitely should have went a, a different way. Well, it's the same thing. Um, you know, that Dusty did in, what was it, 87, when they took Starcade to Chicago, and it was a flop. Yep. And not only was it a flop, but they ruined Chicago because the Road Warriors, who hometown was Chicago, Illinois, wrestling for the tag team titles, didn't win the tag team titles and they should have won the tag team titles Mm -hmm. Uh, to me. uh, And I have never understood the point of, especially somebody that is over, you know, the horsemen were were always over. Ric Flair was always over. Why would you ever make that man or, or the team he's on lose in his hometown? That to me is just, yeah, not, and especially if it's, if it's, there's no reasoning behind them losing. Right. I mean, and what is this building up? Exactly. I mean, it's just another thing to put NWO over and over and over and over. I mean, for three years, NWO dominated. Mm-hmm. And eventually people got tired of it and they quit watching it. Yep. Um, and then. Or they kept there or they stopped throwing money at it. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Know? How long could we? How long could we string this out? You know, pretty much is, is really what it was, and they made a ton of money off of the angle. It's just, you know, it's kind of like where do you start deviating away from things, or you're just milking it just to milk it, and it's just running it into the ground at that point. Well, wasn't wasn't it? I mean, Tony, you you know, you spent more time with Jimmy Valiant than most guys, you know, in their career. And he taught, you know, his feud with Paul Jones. If you ever want to learn how a wrestling feud is, go back to the old 80s and watch his feud with Paul Jones and Paul Jones' army of men. Mm-hmm. It was always, you know, one one uh, person in the feud never dominated the feud. You yep, know, They um, always won up to Paul each other. Jones, yeah, Paul Jones and the assassins cut Jimmy Vance's beard. Well, then Boogie comes out, and he gets an upper hand on Paul Jones. And then, okay, it's even. And then Paul Jones gets an upper hand. They hurt Boogie and mess up his throat where he can't talk. And so he gets revenge back on them. And that's the way you do a feud. You don't go this guy over, 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 over all the time, and the other team or the other guy's not getting any – Revenge. I mean, that's not the way you do a feud, and that's what happened with the NWO feuding with WCW. Yeah, one of the things that Boogie told me is that he and Paul Jones have uh, have got the longest running feud in the history of professional wrestling. Um, 
He said, now, of course, you had Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. He said, but they would take a break from each other. Dusty would go to Tully. Flair would go with Nikita or Magnum or Ricky Morton. But it was always Paul Jones and Jimmy Valiant. And like you said, Jeff, they would always one-up each other. Uh, it started out, uh, the um, the assassins cut Boogie's beard. Boogie come back and took one of the assassins' masks. Then, like you said, they hurt his throat. Then, then he come back and broke the assassin's leg. Then... They do the loser leaves town. Boogie loses. He, he leaves town. He goes back to Memphis because he thought he was going to go back there full time. But then when he realized how over he was in Crockett territory um, and that Crockett uh, and, and that, that uh, uh, Jerry, um, I'm sorry, um, Jerry Lawler and uh, Jerry Jarrett couldn't pay him the kind of money that he was making for Crockett, even though they offered to buy him a house and a car and pay for his family to be moved there. At the last minute, Boogie was like, you know, I got a good thing going on in Charlotte. That's, I think that's where I need to go. And he left. And, um, and you know, to, to show you how over Boogie is, I don't think any promoters have ever said, hey, I want you to work my territory. I'm going to buy you a house and a car if you come work for me. <laughs> you know, um, that's how over Boogie was. And, so he comes back to Crockett, and now Paul Jones is, you know, he comes back and and he he does a little program with the Midnight Express and and uh, Miss Atlanta Lively, but he goes right back to Paul Jones, and 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 they do that feud, and um and Paul Jones has you know Shaska turns on Boogie, and then they and then then they, you know they cut Boogie's hair. And then to shave Boogie's head, now now Boogie's really low. But guess what happens? He comes back again. Now he's got Big Mama, puts up Big Mama's hair. And the final blow-off, he finally shaves Paul Jones' head and finally gets even. And at that time, the feud's finally over. But Boogie even said then, if if Crockett hadn't sold, they they, they, they already had plans to, to, to continue that feud even more because they, 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 they work so well together. And and like you say, Jeff, I, that that's that that right there is is how um is how to work a, a feud in an angle and how to get as much out of it as you can. But I think during this time they were hot boxing and and hot shotting every angle that that they come up with because, like you said, they were trying to compete with WWE and trying to you know trying to bury them. So they they hot shotted a lot of angles that that they really could have got more more out of had had they not done that. I also, if, if if I could chime in, I you know, you know, WCW was in a tough spot. I, you know, Bischoff was in a tough spot. A lot of pressure from Hogan, a lot of direction from Hogan, and maybe even Savage to an extent as well. And and you know, when you got Hogan in on the deal, it's gonna go. It's gonna. It's ultimately gonna go his way. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. kind of I think how it was. And, and I think some of that stuff played into that. And, you know, the NWO run was a great run, but it was also the demise of the group when they just were – there were like 50 people in the NWO, I think, at one time. Um, I may be exaggerating a hair, but it, it just seemed like it. And, you know, it was just a cash cow, and, you know, and, 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 and Hogan inserted himself into WCW because he could have because – they were always scared, well, maybe he'll jump back to the WWF and we don't want that, you know. So he was also power playing a lot behind the scenes. 
Yeah. Doing it, it, it was always going to be his way. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that, and that, that's just how that went. Now going to the next year's, um, fall brawl. And again, fans were still here in Winston-Salem. We're still at the Lawrence Shule Coliseum. Now we have got a, a different, um, angle going on. Uh, we still have fall brawl war games, but in this one, uh, we have got the, um, team WCW, which consisted of Diamond Dallas Page, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and the Ultimate Warrior, which by this time he's called the Warrior. And there you got three guys now taking on uh, NWO Hollywood, which consisted of Hollywood Hogan and Bret Hart and Stevie Ray. And then you had another three ta- another three team called the NWO Wolfpack which was Kevin Nash, Sting, and Lex Luger, uh, which this was like, when I, when I saw this, I'm like, what were they thinking with Sting at this point to make him a member of the NWA Wolfpack with Luger and Kevin Nash? And, of course, at this time, I, I think, um, you know, they, they the, the Wolfpack was actually a babyface uh, team, but in the same sense, uh, you know, you had Kevin Nash still doing his, his heel stuff, uh, with, with Sting and Luger. Um, but of course, uh, finally WCW wins. Uh, but I think the only reason why that we got, we, we had, we got a win this time is because we had ultimate warrior and he just came in. So they had to keep him strong. You know, I, I look at this match and this, match here and y'all may agree or not agree with me this was kind of a a, a slap in the face match to the WWF because they got Bret Hart mm-hmm. who was a big deal when Bret Hart went to WCW it was a big deal yeah when Bret Hitman went over and we got the ultimate warrior so we got all the, the, the you know the big guns over here and we're going to put them in this <laughs> war games match of <laughs> you know uh, three-man tag teams and I mean, what the heck, Roddy Piper's in there as well, you know, WWF. It's like, what, like what's going on here? But, it, you know, it's more like we're flexing our muscle. Look, we've got, we've got all the top talent in the business, you know, kind of right here in one match Yeah, from a, from a drawing standpoint. Actually, Chris, on this one show, because I'm looking back at the other matches, and it's almost like the WWE had, t- had taken over WCW because – Listen, listen to to the talent that that we had in WCW at the time, which all these guys were from the WWE. We got right. the British Bulldog and Jim Neidhart mm-hmm. as a team. Uh, then yeah. we then then we had um, uh, let's see, uh, scrolling down here. Uh, then we had uh, Kurt Henning, Rick Rude, uh, mm-hmm. Scott Hall. And then in in this in this war games we got Roddy Piper the Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan Bret Hart um, and Kevin Nash so we got all this talent you know if if you take a look at the who was signed to WCW this during this time man could you imagine paying this payroll it, it was it was oh even Vincent Vincent was on the show as a manager and yeah 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 <laughs> I mean right the the the, the payroll. And you you had Bobby Heenan was commentating from the WWF. Gene Okerlund was interviewing mm-hmm. as well. I mean the the the, the payroll. Of this, 
they, like I said earlier, they, they was just it was just a check cashing machine at this point. Yeah. These guys were just cashing checks, and and it was easy money. It was e- it was it was easy money. It was easy money. <laughs> Bischoff was just writing checks at this point. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Yep, I agree with you 100. percent um, I, I never saw this pay-per-view. Um, the, the matter of fact, the, the very last, uh, uh, fall brawl that I ever attended, uh, was the fall brawl in 97 because after that big loss, um, I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going back because it's going to be the same thing every year. You know, the NWO is going to, is going to win. And, uh, and I was just kind of, you know, getting burnt out on it. And so I just, I stopped going, um, and then in 1999 uh, would be the final fall brawl held in North Carolina at the Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Um, now, uh, for a second, I want to I want to I want to share this with you guys. Um, so the very first fall brawl that was held there in uh, Winston Salem in 1996, uh, that one drew 11,300 fans. Okay. 11,000 people bought a ticket to come in and watch this show. Now, we go to 1999. Main event on this show is no longer uh, War Games. It is now a singles match. They've done away with the the War Games. Um, The main event is for the WCW Championship, Sting versus Hulk Hogan. Okay? And this pay-per-view drew... A total of 7,491 fans. Now, explain to me, and it's it's very easy to explain, how we go from having almost 12,000 people buying a ticket to 7,000 people buying a ticket. And we got two of the biggest stars in the the company in the main event, but we we only draw in 7,000 people as opposed to 11,000 just three years earlier. What, What are your thoughts? Uh, like I said earlier, if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over, <clears throat> eventually the wrestling fans get tired of it. Case in point, um, John Cena, you know, people got tired of him when they started booing him. Although, you know, here's a guy that, you know, how many, how much money is this man and time has he donated to charities and, uh, helping with crippled children and things like that. I mean, deep down, he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yet he gets booed because people are tired of him. Yep. And it's, it's you know, it's just people, wrestling fans, you know, it'll only last for a little while and then people get tired of it. And that's exactly what happened here. It's like I said, I mean, three years of NWO always winning. And if they don't win, you know, you got 10 guys jumping on one, and eventually people got tired of it. So that's my opinion. Chris, uh, what know, are your thoughts? I, I think I, mean, I, I think here, you know, Hogan came in the champion. You know, people are like, you, you know, I think at the end of the day, when you look at Hulk Hogan, he's always going to be the WWF champion. AW, holding a W, Hulk Hogan, doesn't need a WCW world championship around his waist. I mean, and it's nothing against world championship wrestling or the NWA, but he just doesn't. 
and he was a champion here. I think Hogan already pretty much had his run in WCW at this point. And good for Hogan to drop the title to Sting. It was probably the best decision they ever made at this point, you know, which he did in this particular, uh, um, you know, uh, pay-per-view. Because Hogan doesn't drop the title too many times. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. In his career. So not many that I could think of over his career. I mean, he's dropped it a few times, but, but not many. So probably the best decision they made. But I think also Hogan at this point knows he's made his run. They did what they had to do. You know, he made his, his point. And then obviously, you know, the, the storyline continues after this. I, I could be a little off the mark, but uh, Hogan being champion at this point, I, ha- I have no idea what, what, why it, it is at that point, but he particularly was going into this match. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and like I said, this, this was the last year that they had fall brawl and, and Winston Salem. I, I, again, I didn't go to this one, but by this time it's, it's almost, it's lost everything that it stood for, for all those years. It, it took away its main attraction, which was the war games, you know? Um, and I get it. They, they, they try something new because I think all the fans were tired of seeing these, you know, crappy, uh, war games matches because, Let's face it, guys. Uh, if you go back and watch the fall, or watch the War Games. Excuse me, from nineteen ninety seven, you got uh, the Full Horsemen versus Dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, and the Road Warriors. It's very hard to even hold a candle to that to to you know to a match like that. I totally agree with you there, and I think it just it just runs its course. People were tired of it. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. Now, uh, going into the new millennium, the year two thousand, uh, during this year, Chris Plano and myself were running two separate wrestling companies, pretty strong. Uh, Only about you, Chris, but at this point, I didn't even know that Fall Brawl had even existed anymore. Um, but uh, and September seventeenth, two thousand, Fall Brawl finally leaves the state of North Carolina and goes to where New York. Um, and uh, the attendance don't change much. Uh, eight thousand six hundred thirty-eight people for the main event uh, of Booker T uh, versus Kevin Nash for the heavyweight title. Uh, and, and at this pay-per-view, this fall brawl, Booker T becomes the WCW world heavyweight champion, defeating Kevin Nash in nine minutes, two seconds. Um, some of the other, uh, uh, talent on the show, uh, at, at this point, WCW is trying to, uh, create new, uh, new, new stars. So we have, um, and, and you guys may or may not even know these, uh, remembering these people, um, Alex Skipper. Uh, versus uh, Major Guns uh, against Kiwi with Paisley. Um, then we got the Misfits in action, Captain uh, Cajun, Lieutenant Loco, and Sergeant AWOL. Um, they defeated three count, consisting of Shannon Moore, Evan Courageous, and Sugar Shane Helms. And I know that, uh, Chris, you, you know a lot of a lot of those the, the, those those three guys very well as they worked for Absolutely. New Dimension Wrestling, uh, probably probably uh, either right before or right after this, correct? Yeah, this is when they right right those guys they were wrestling for me and um, 
you know, you know, 97, 98, 99, and, and that's when they went. That's when both WWF and WCW was, was signing all the, all the young talent. The Hardy Boy signed, you know, Joey Ab signed, you know, you know Otto Schwann. They, they were all signing at that point, you know, uh, Toad, all of them. And, and, and they were just picking at this point. This is when they were moving into the high-flying stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they were, they were, you know, things, things were changing in wrestling. When I look at this card from top to bottom, this is a 10 match pay-per-view. This is a painful pay-per-view. It doesn't even look like a WCW lineup, to be honest with you. No, it, if you were to glance at it and, and, and it is just like, there's, there's guys from ECW on this show. They were just pulling from a lot of, a lot of different angles here from both independent and, and ECW and, and just wherever they can get new blood into the into the mix yeah i, I think uh, the one match on here that that definitely does get my attention and i may go back and watch this but um a triple threat match sting versus the great muda and vampiro um and for whatever reason they got violent J and shaggy two dope with uh muda and vampiro um but uh you know here we go into this uh the you know the new millennium and we have a lot of new blood um here working in wcw um at this point in time you know guys we we, we know it's just a few more months after this and uh, wcw is gone forever um uh, but uh like i said not taking away anything from any of this talent on this show but it's almost like they they closed the book when they left north carolina and they opened up a book and said, "Hey, let's 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 put all these new guys in, but we'll we'll keep a couple." But you know, the major players are, are not here. There, there, there's no there's no Flair, there's no Hogan, there's no Savage, uh, no Diamond Dallas Page. The biggest star on this show right now is uh, Sting, and they got him. You know, four matches back from the from the main event. And of course, this is during Vince Russo's run as running the company. Is yes, that correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. that's correct. Yeah. Yep. And of course, that would be the ultimate downfall if you ever wanted somebody to ruin your wrestling company. Bring in Vince Russo, which is probably the reason why it went to New York and left North Carolina. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is uh, this just looks like a a, a painful show to sit through if i'm going to this live um i, I i'm actually surprised they threw they drew 8600 fans there I, I i don't know if they might have got some ecw fans there I, i'm sure they did uh, just from up up that way in pennsylvania and new york and i i, I don't know maybe goldberg sting I, I don't know what it is but somehow they drew eight thousand plus fans to this but from a storyline angle this was going nowhere this was just uh, put yeah. a bunch of matches together, and I, I, I don't even know what some of this stuff is. I I can't even recall any of these storylines at all in, in wrestling, as far as in, in my mind. Yeah, this uh, oh, a cluster. Yeah, a cluster. Yeah. Uh, big I time. Won't say the other word. <laughs> big time. And if and if I tell you what, if if this pay per view was on the prices right, it would be. For sure, <laughs> for sure yeah. on that one. Um, but uh, but man, you know, uh, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you know a lot of things in this world. It starts out really really good. You know, uh, my opinion when Fall Brawl was running from from the first Fall Brawl 
they had until the last. Uh, the best ones were, um, you know, 95, 96, 90, well, 95 and 96 were uh, probably the, the, the best ones. Uh, after that, 97, it was starting, you know, to, to, um, to go down and then it just plummeted after that. Absolutely. I, I agree. I, I totally agree. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, the, 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 the whole, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to go back to this, to this. And if I may, the, the, the Hogan sting thing, you know, the, the, the main event in 99, that was probably, you know, two, two years too late that match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, for whatever reason, uh, what, what, uh, that, that match, was it, it had to take place because it had to take place. They were trying to turn the title over, you, you know, to Sting. But in reality, you know, Hogan's two years older. I mean, the match, it, it's just it's two, three years too late in the making, which happens a lot in professional wrestling just over the years anyway. And it just didn't fit at that time to what was happening in professional wrestling. And I think the attendance that turned out, Proved that, and probably the pay-per-view buy rate probably proved out as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was just it was so um, it was so different compared to all the years you know past. Um, and and like you say, Chris, it was just a little a little too late when they finally decided to put the belt on um, on on Sting. Yeah, I mean that's I'm just giving my opinion, you know, per mm-hmm. se. But no. it, it just seems to me at that point Hogan had his run. Yeah. You know, at that point, at least at that juncture, going into 2000. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Um, one of the um, the the uh, the things I, that I remember the most about uh, the fall brawls is uh how they really like especially in 96 and 97 they really used uh Monday Nitro to really build uh build the um the uh, the main events on these shows um and 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 it was always what I liked the most the, the most about the fall brawl being in North Carolina not just because it's my home my home state but a lot of people always talk about you know fall is you know in North Carolina is so beautiful with all the leaves turning and just when you hear fall brawl, you immediately think of North Carolina. I mean, I do. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, if you ever want to see beauty, come to North Carolina and go through the mountains in late September, early October. It'll take your breath away. Definitely yeah. will. No yeah. doubt about it. It sure will. Uh yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I totally agree. You know, when I when I look, you look back at these pay per views. You know, and I think, and I go back to what drew me to Asheville in 1995 because I was only living here in North Carolina three months at that time. I moved here in June of 95. I said, oh, my God, yeah, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to take the, the trip over to I-40 west to Asheville. Never been there in my life. Drove there on a Sunday afternoon. Got a ticket at the window. I said, because you know what? I'm going to see the war games. And I've never seen the war games before in my life. And I start thinking back of, the great American bash in the eighties and dusty roads and, and, and the blood, sweat and tears in those matches. That's what drew me to the Asheville civic center that day, because I was going to see something I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And 
whether I've seen some of those wrestlers before, like a lot of them were WWF guys on that show. And again, I think it may have been my only second time seeing Ric Flair live as well. Again, I had limited exposure to seeing Ric Flair wrestle live in person. So that's what drew me, drew me to the show, you know, more than anything else. And, and just to say, Hey, I was there and drove back that night. I think I, I think I rolled back into, it's a high point around, uh, I want to say around one thirty-two in the morning, but it, it was totally, uh, well worth the, uh, you know, the 12 hour round trip to say, you know, I did it and to be a part of, of, of something that was a Southern culture down here at the time. Yeah. Well, one of the things I remember the most, um, like I said, back then I, I wasn't really keeping up with wrestling that much because at this time I was still trying to learn and figure out how, how to be terrific Tony. And, um, but but Jeff Jeff gave me a call. He's like, "Hey, uh, me and a bunch of guys are going to go to um to, to see Fall Brawl in Asheville. You know, would you like to come?" I'm like, "Sure." So uh, so we met up. I gave him the money for the tickets, and uh, he got the tickets for us. And and if I remember, Jeff, I think we 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 had like two rows of people with us, right? <laughs> yeah, we had quite a few yeah uh, people go to that. But uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was fun. It was a fun experience, and uh, um um. Anytime I got to see wrestling in Asheville, I think I, a total of maybe three or four times altogether. I've mm-hmm. been to the Civic Center there in Asheville, so uh, yeah, and enjoyed every time every time that I went up there. So. I, I like, it, 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 like I said, the only the one and only time I ever been to to the Asheville Civic Center was for this fall brawl. But uh, refresh my memory. Isn't the Civic Center kind of like up on a mountain, like like the part of the Civic Center you like like looking over into the you know over the mountain am i right it it kind of is yeah yeah it is yeah. and then yeah. of course it's it's you know it's a, it's a high up it's really high up off the ground so, yeah that's what i was you thinking can look that's out the windows you can look out the windows and look down at the traffic and yeah it's pretty cool yeah pretty cool, uh, and and one, and one other thing too jeff uh this weekend uh of this fall brawl that you and i went to and chris um, didn't we have a show like that, that morning or that day or the day before? What year was it again? 95. 90. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was out of wrestling. I had sold, um, I'd sold the ring and everything. Okay. Uh, I wasn't sure. Uh, you time. know what? Yeah. I was, I was getting confused. Star K 93. Uh, that was the pay-per-view that the, the day before we had, because on that one, I believe that pay-per-view was like on a Monday night. Um, and then that the day before, uh, I, I, I actually just started my training with you and one of them goofs, uh, had gave me a black eye trying to suplex me from the outside in. Um, and so I, I went to, I went to uh, Chris, I, I went to Starcade 90, uh, with a black eye and I'll never forget. I, I was, I was with James and of course I was so green. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be wrestler, you know? And I'm there walking around and people are staring at me. And I, I told James, I said, James, I think these people know I'm wrestlers. He goes, no, no, Tony, you got a black eye. They're staring at your eye. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, right, I forgot right. I had the black eye. <laughs> you were fine. But that's, that's okay. It's always good to, you know, think, think like that. No, no, no. Good stuff. Good. That's was, good stuff. Hey, but I will say this. You know, Asheville Civic Center, uh, it, it, it was a crown jewel for the NWA. Uh, uh, for so many shows. That, there's not a bad seat in the building. No, uh, to, to, and a great place to go watch a concert as well. Uh, again, not a bad seat in the house, and you know, um, 
I don't know if they, I don't think they've had wrestling there for a good number of years, but I'll tell you, it, it was a, it was a hotbed uh, uh, for here in the mid Atlantic area and, uh, and, and Crockett and, and NWA and then WCW, they made a, they made a ton of money out of that city. Uh, and they did a lot of afternoon matinee shows there uh, over the years too. Uh, when, uh, when Crockett was running, it was definitely an afternoon matinee place and they would go do a night shot somewhere else on a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it, I definitely like that building. My, my uh, three favorite buildings I've been to, to see a wrestling event, uh, of course, Ash, Asheville Civic Center, the um, the uh, Bo, it's now called Bojangles Arena in Charlotte, but back back when I was going, it was called the Independence Arena. Uh, I love that building. I like the way it's it, it's it's round, so you just keep walking around the building. Um, yeah, I like that. Used to be old Charlotte Coliseum, right? Yeah, before yeah. they built the new one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I like that building, and of course the Greensboro Coliseum. It will always be my Madison Square Garden. Uh, I saw so many, so many uh, important uh, matches uh, and things to take place. And uh, Chris uh, and and Jeff, I think the coolest thing that ever happened in the Greensboro Coliseum was Terrific Tony got to cut a promo at, at one of the Starcades, although it wasn't. Jim Crockett Starcade. It was a ripoff WWE Starcade, but I did get to cut a promo and I did get my face up on the big screen. And the best thing of all, I made the Greensboro Coliseum say, "Woo!" <laughs> I loved it. It was so fun. There you go. And uh, and 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 thank you uh, to to our good friend and promoter uh, Jason Freeman for being there and getting that on the big screen for me and sending it to me. I thought that was really cool. And at some point. Um, Maybe in November when we start talking Starcade, um, maybe may, maybe I'll I'll play that um play play that little promo for everybody out there to hear, um. But uh, all in all, uh, you know, great time talking about Halloween Havoc. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and come back and wrap up the podcast. So you fans, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channels. All right, fans, we're back here on the Binge Buster Show. Um, joined here with uh, Chris Plano and Jeff Patton, and uh, we just got through talking about the great fall brawl um, pay-per-views that took place. Uh, next month, in the month of October, uh, we're going to keep it going, talking about Halloween Havoc. Uh, Halloween Havoc lasted a whole lot longer than, uh, than the fall brawls did. Uh, they ran from 1989 all the way to 2000. So we'll, we'll have uh, several of those to talk about. Uh, but we're going to end the podcast on a positive note. Um, guys, Governor Cooper is opening our state back up this coming Friday. What are you all thinking about that? Um, I, I, I think it's a, a move in the right direction. Um, I mean, we're moving to phase three this uh Friday, um, October 2nd at 5 o'clock. Uh, it's going to be in Phase 3 for three weeks. We're allowed now to open up amusement parks and movie theaters and, 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 and bars finally at 30% capacity. Um, still keeping restaurants at 50% capacity and still 11 o'clock alcohol sales. But as the governor says and Dr. Mandy Cohen, our, our state doctor, says we're turning up the light switch, the, the dimmer a little bit more. Um, I, I think we're going to get there. I, I think come election time, maybe a little after election time, we'll, we'll, we'll be, we'll be kind of come somewhat out of this, but I think today was a, a 
move in the positive direction for the state. And um, we've been under some siege lately with this whole COVID-19 thing, but hopefully it's, it's the right step. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely seeing that a lot of other states are, are, have already done that. Uh, I know Tennessee is one of the states that, that, that has opened back up. Um, so is Florida. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed, uh, we're going to open back up on Friday and hopefully, uh, you know, the, um, the, the, the pandemic is definitely on the downward spiral and, and, uh, and, you know, we all you know, continue, uh, practicing, uh, you know, safe social distancing and, uh, washing our hands and, as much as I hate them stupid masks, you know, Jeff, uh, what, what, what was cool that I was looking on eBay and, you know, when I, when I was, uh, working for NAWA, uh, I ran a gimmick there called the golden gladiator number three. And lo and behold, somebody has made a golden gladiator number three face mask. And I've, I've, I've been very tempted to buy it off of eBay and wear it, um, you know, as, as, as a poke fun, but, but seriously, um, I, you know, I, I know the masks are, are to help out, but I'll be so glad when we can take the masks off. You know, I'll, I'll feel like Jimmy Valiant taking off the Sazen's mask when we do that. Yeah, I'll feel you there, man. Having to work, uh, you know, 40 hours a week and wear a mask is not fun. No, um, it's tough. When you do uh, strenuous work um, and you're a little overweight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's not fun, but... Uh, um, just glad to see things are finally getting close to back to normal. I've even seen um, advertisements on Facebook of uh, local wrestling events. So that's a good thing, too, in the right direction. Yeah, and speaking um, of that, fans, um, uh, during this pandemic, you know, I was I, – and Chris and I talked about this offline but um, or off air, but uh, one of the things that I was uh, contemplating uh, because I was like, well, you know – uh, you know, it seems like I'm never going to, never going to get to go back and, and, and wrestle again or get back in the ring again. And, um, but, but me being me, you know, I'm always looking for a great deal. And during this pandemic, I found a great deal on a lot of wrestling gear, uh, some boots. So, um, I have bought uh two pair of wrestling boots now, and I bought a couple pairs of tights and trunks and, even a, a championship belt and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get back at it. And, uh, I, I spoke with our good friend, uh, Jason, uh, Freeman who runs the NAWA. And if you fans out there want to see a quality, uh, professional wrestling show, uh, and it's free, uh, go on the YouTube channel and, and search out NAWA. And, uh, and, and even during this whole pandemic, uh, Jason's figured out a way to, to, to keep, uh, to keep running shows, uh, without fans, you know, he, he, uh, had a little recording studio, was able to, um, to, 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 to still record matches and keep the angles somewhat, you know, running. Um, so, uh, anyway, he's, uh, he and I have been talking and, uh, I think, I think we've, we've come, we've come up with a pretty cool, uh, way for me to come back. Uh, so I'm excited about that, and I'll 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 keep my listeners at home um, more in tune as to far as when I am going to be coming back. But Trivic Tony, it got a few more matches left on, uh, under my belt. At least I got to wear these new boots I got to the ring, you know, at least a couple times. But um, so I'm excited about that. Um, but I'm I'm really excited about our podcast. Uh, you know, I, I I like how each week we uh we touch on uh 
some of these uh, classic shows and and uh, maybe tell you fan stuff you didn't know and stuff you probably wish you didn't know and or did know. Um, but uh, we enjoy it. I know this month's been kind of tough, and um, but uh, but we're back at it. And uh, now we got Jeff with us, so uh, we'll have three three different perspectives on these uh, on these matches and shows. And uh, fans never know what you, what you might learn. Um, Jeff. Uh, Chris, you guys have anything, any parting words before we go off the air this week? Man, Jeff, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I really appreciate the dialogue and the perspective. Tony, as always, you know, I appreciate when you hit me up on text message or you call me to be a part of this. Uh, you definitely give me some flashbacks to some 2530, and sometimes we talk about stuff even longer than that back out, so it's always great. And uh, it was a great time. You know, no matter how we talk about this stuff, and how we, you know, angle it or, or our opinions. It was a great time at the end of the day to be a professional wrestling fan. And that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. It's the fans, and, uh, and, and that's what it's really all about. So, for me, it was a great time and a great era for the business. Totally agree with you, Chris. Uh, it's been a pleasure. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Uh, fans, make sure you go uh, like our Facebook page. And uh, if there's a, a event uh, that you'd like to hear us cover or you have a question for one of us uh, or, hey, you want to throw a party for us, you know, we're always out there looking. But but uh, anyway, fans, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Binge Buster Show. For Chris uh, and Jeff, I am Terrific Tony. We will see you next week on the Binge Buster Show. For listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.